friends, we're back. Sarah and Jeff here with episode eight of This Changes Everything. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing really good today. How are you? I am also doing very well. Uh, my foot is almost 100% healed. Is it? And my BF is having down this weekend, so I'm having a self-care Sarah weekend extravaganza. <laughs> if you ask me what that consists of, I do not know yet, but it will be very selfish in nature. <laughs> I love to hear it. Are you, are you, is your foot healing or is your ankle, right? Yes. Is your ankle healing because you're being good and staying off it? Yes. Yes. Good job. I am being so good. I am resting it. I have worn the boot. Mm -hmm. And this morning I was like, oh, you don't need the boot today. You should just go for it. And then I was like, no. That was a dumb thing. Let's keep the boot on. So I'm being a grown up. I'm, I'm, you know, trying something new, <laughs> taking care of myself. I support that. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. Love to hear it. I, yes. I, are you a football fan, Sarah? Uh, my, I am. Okay. But I'm reluctantly, a, like, I don't like to admit it. I like to watch football games. I, I'm kind of calling I you up right being now, right? anti Fantasy football is one of my favorite things to do. Anti fantasy Even though football? I myself have played fantasy oh, okay. football, uh, understand why people love it, mm-hmm. see the whole fun. But this year I'm really leaning into uh, uh, being annoyed with fantasy football as like a, a personality <laughs> since it's my boyfriend's like favorite thing to do on the weekends. And I don't know why he like – in his profile on in his dating profile, it said the douchiest thing about me is I play fantasy football. Oh well, I mean so. that's pretty. Yeah, up he there. he admits it. He recognizes as long as it. he's right. aware How about of you? it. Um, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I am, and I, it's something that I usually keep hidden. But I'm like a pretty big football fan. I've never played fantasy football. I've played fantasy baseball, and that was horrible. Uh, just. Just that seems very complicated. It's really complicated, and it's, and it's 163 games in the oh, season. So like every single day, it's that? horrible. But my favorite team is the Miami Dolphins. Um, oh. They have the best colors. I was born in Miami. Um, my dad is a really big Miami Dolphins football fan, so he made me. But every time the season starts, I'm just like kind of hoping and praying secretly that the oh. Dolphins are bad. Because if they're <gasps> bad... Well, this isn't a good year for you, No. If they're bad, then I don't have to, like, watch football anymore. I can just be like, eh, oh. you know what I mean? But if they're good, I'm just like, now I'm rooting for them and I want them to win. And they're okay. 3-0 and right now. 3-0. and And it was a good game against, oh you know, it was a big upset. I know. Yeah. So, Dolphins... Bills, man. <laughs> I know. See, look at me. I'm sounding like I actually... This is the part... This is where then I, like... I'm, I'm sending the message to my boyfriend that I actually like this stuff, and then he keeps talking about it with me. And I'm trying not to reinforce this, but I can't help it because it is fun. Ugh, anyways, back to the Dolphins. Wait, so are you – you're a Bills fan? No, no. I'm, I mean I'm, I'm – I'm, if I could pick any team, I would probably say – people are going to be like, why? And I have the weirdest reason. But like 49ers because – Classic. My last name is Rice, and Jerry Rice played for the 49ers, and I think that was cool. And, like, I'm a big fan of Colin Kaepernick, and that's, like, all uh, as far as I got. And I like their colors because that's usually how I pick teams. They have really good colors, and they were, like, a classic team in the 80s and 90s. Yes, I like it. Joe Montana. classic, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So go Dolphins, but maybe stop winning because it's taking up so much fucking time on my weekend is all I'm saying. 
Well, I, you know, I think nobody, not maybe nobody, but I wouldn't expect you to be a football fan. And I like that. I like when people (laughs) surprise me with like, you know, Mm -hmm. I always surprise people when I'm not a hairdresser or a tattoo artist (laughs) or bartender. That's always what they assume I am Uh with this personality and these tattoos. So. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners. Also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard. Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today, 570-726-6200. Anyways. Yeah. Speaking of getting to know each other mm-hmm. and who we are, mm-hmm. uh, let's return to our questions, let's do shall it. we? Okay. Uh, I have two fun ones for you today. Okay. Uh, question number one Who was your role model growing up and why? Well, I actually had two role models. Um, the first one was uh, the all star second baseman for the Chicago Cubs, who was my, who the Cubs are my favorite baseball team. I'm like a huge baseball player. Um, and Ryan Sandberg was the name of the second baseman. My family is originally from Chicago, so that's why I'm a Chicago Cubs fan. And I was planning on being a baseball player. Like I had decided I'm a baseball player. This is my life. I'm going to be amazing. And I was obsessed with Ryan Sandberg and I was like, I'm going to play second base. I'm going to be just like him. I'm going to be on the Cubs. I'm going to impress my whole family. Um, turns out I... Stop playing baseball in high school. I was amazing, but not as amazing as I needed to be in order to be a professional ball player. And then my role model shifted to this is cliche, but I don't care. And maybe slightly problematic, but maybe not. My role model became Steve Jobs. And I was just like oh, obsessed cool. with Apple Computer, like old school Apple Computer, got, got really into it in like the 90s. And then when Steve Jobs came back to Apple and created the iMac and did all these amazing things, I was like, I want to be him. I want to run Apple, basically. What was it about him that that uh, made you say, yeah? I just I loved like that He just like came up with all the ideas. Like he was just like innovating all the time. And I was like, I have ideas I could come up with. And he was like, had such a stage presence where everybody like really respected him. And I was like, that's what I want. I want to be on stage. I want people to respect me. I want people to take me seriously. I want people to like be on pins and needles. Um, so that was, I think that was the thing that attracted me to Steve Jobs. Unfortunately, he's dead, and <laughs> that's really too bad. And I'm like kind of mad at but him. But legacy? He's a legacy. I mean, he he should be alive today because when he got cancer, he was just <gasps> sort of like, I'm gonna meditate on right. this or whatever. You know, like he didn't. Right. So I'm just like Steve, you're fucking killing me. But you know, maybe like the his whole thing was going against the grain right. and being like, I, my, I oh, yeah. know better uh-huh. than everybody else. Oh, yeah. You know, I can, I can predict mm-hmm. what's going to happen and maybe kind of apply it a little bit of that same attitude towards his health. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. He was really, really thinking differently and it, it was to his detriment in the end. Yeah. Uh, but who, who is your role model? Oh my gosh. I, you know, it's like, I, I asked this question and now I think about it and I have no fricking idea. Um, I, I, this is one that pops out in my mind because, and now I wonder if it's Selma Hayek or Frida Kahlo, mm. but I watched the movie Frida maybe 
a hundred times. Oh, wow. And I loved it so much. I loved the story. I loved, she just seemed like such a badass. She was like, no, I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to paint what I want. And I'm going to like be who I want. And just the, the overcoming kind of personal uh, tragedy and mm -hmm. being able to make beautiful art mm -hmm. from uh, and uh, incorporate her pain into her art and make it more beautiful mm -hmm. and and uh i just think that's badass that is that's so a I good say, role model frida all of a sudden like just yeah, yeah she really stopped plucking my eyebrow i mean it's funny at the time that she was my role model i was doing a lot of work to these brows it was like early 2000s <laughs> so i wish she she could have been a role model in in my eyebrow maintenance and maybe i'd have more today but okay what else do we have here uh, which year of your life so far has been your favorite and why? Uh, it's a really tough choice. It's either when I was 17 years old or when I was 24 years old. I'm going to have to go with 17 just because there was just like a lot of bullshit happening <laughs> when I was 17 years old in my family. There was just like addiction and trauma and like all this. Mm -hmm. So it was like kind of a bad scene. However, I at 17 was just like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. So okay. it was sort this of like, the rebellious. Years. Yes. Very rebellious. I sent you that picture. I think of like the, the blonde Liberty oh spikes God. and I went like, I looked like a little punker. Um, so good. And, and another opportunity for us to repost. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> um, I ditched school all the time. I was able to like what? convince my friends to leave school with me almost every day. I was like setting the record for most days missed at Santa Monica High what? School in 1998. I was very proud of that record. Turns out uh, that had a really big effect on my grades and academic performance. Oh, turns out. So don't do that, kids. But there was just like this. I was just like, I hate authority. I think I know everything. <gasps> I was like really into that like developmental stage of being a teenager and I uh, hit it out of the park. So that was really fun. <laughs> Man. Uh -huh. I am the complete opposite of that. Really? What's... I was the rule follower um... who never wanted to miss a day who was like, excuse me, teacher, you didn't collect the homework. Oh my God. I had no friends. It was terrible. And, uh, uh like uh. I didn't do anything bad. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't do it. Oh. I was like, I didn't go to any crazy parties probably because nobody was inviting the freaking nerd to the parties. <laughs> fucking nerd. That's right. It's yes, totally. It's not even like I was a nerd. Like nerd maybe was cool. I was like a nerd. Oh, Sarah. That's the worst. <laughs> Who wants that girl anywhere? Oh, so that, yeah, high school would not be high up there for me. Okay, what about you um, then? I would have to say when I was, I believe I was 19, mm -hmm. eight, 18 maybe, I just got back from a semester abroad in England mm -hmm. and I moved to San Francisco mm. and I at the time was dating women mm -hmm. and it felt like I was finally able to explore who I was mm -hmm. and uh, like who I am mm -hmm. and and I kind of step into a more authentic version of me mm -hmm. and I it, I think moving away from my family home and kind of launching was a real big mm -hmm. you know course start to all of that yeah. 
And uh, yeah, San Francisco. I mean, this was like before San Francisco became what it is today. Right. Like, I was actually able to afford my own apartment in San Francisco at the time. Mm-hmm. Like that, working at like a beauty supply store. So it was it was a, a really really fun time. And yeah, I got I got into like all. I started to get into a little bit of trouble, but like good kind of trouble. <laughs> sure, like, sure. You know, like fake ID kind of like, oh, I'm going to go to a bar before I'm 21 kind of thing, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and like get tattoos and stuff. Oh, and so, so badass. Yeah, I would say San Francisco in 19, not even uh, 2005 or 2006, oh, yeah. right before I went on the real world. Nice. Yeah. I feel like your role model and your favorite year is all about sort of like liberation, being yourself, like owning your oh, shit and being excited about it, you know? So yes. that fits your identity and who you are and what you love about yourself or life, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Well, I feel like this is very appropriate. It's kind of like a lead in to our super fun topic for today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did a post just a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. I think it was like last week. Uh, that was about being single. It was about being and- single. And because there's, you know, I make a lot of content about relationships And I also get like a fair amount of requests and questions about like, but what if I just don't want to be in a relationship? And this one specifically was like, I don't want any of that. Like you need to like love yourself, self-love stuff. I was just like, what, how can I be happy and chill and content being single? Whether that means like I'm going to be single for six months or a year or for the rest of my life. Like how do I just sort of like sink into it? And I was like, that's a really good question. I want to go into that. So I made a little 60 second video, but we are going to expand on it right now um, because there's a lot of like different areas that we can go in. So where should we start? Well, first of all, are you somebody who is a relationship person or are you, have you had a lot of time being single? What's your, what's your experience being single? You know, I am a catch, Sarah. So (laughs) ain't that the truth? That's what I blame it on. I have not had too much time being single. Um, I first started dating in high school. I was like single for a couple years in grad school, but that was only because I was like devastated from the relationship that had just ended. But then when I moved to Portland in 2005, I've been dating ever since or in relationship, and I've really only had, like, I don't know, a year, uh, like, at the longest where I was single, but I'm typically in relationship. So it's this is a good, like, reminder episode for me because I am single currently, and maybe I should hang out being single for a little bit longer. What about you, Sarah? Well, before I answer that, uh-huh. I'll tell you, whether you are single or in a relationship... Getting the best sleep Mm. is always helpful. Mm -hmm. And I have a wonderful new product to tell you about from a wonderful new sponsor. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Next Evo Naturals, they make a CBD, like, anti-stress, chill you out, sleepy time, good night, get ready for this, (laughs) gummy. (laughs) I absolutely love it. I can't recommend it more. I tried it the other night. Mm -hmm. And... At first, I was like, okay, you know, there's so many things that say, like, oh, helps with sleep. You know, there's like a million and one right. things for this. And I find a lot of things will make me shaky the next day or they'll make me, like, um, uh, like groggy mm-hmm. or kind of foggy the next day. Mm-hmm. Or 
they don't work at all. Uh, it's like one of the two. I was so happy to try this stuff uh, because not only did it work fast, it was fast acting and like did the job really quick, mm-hmm. but I also woke up and I felt like refreshed and I felt wonderful mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So let me tell you a little bit about Next Evo Naturals. Mm-hmm. They are uh, a like I said, gummy to help with the lousy sleep that you've been having. It give that like ripple effect to the rest of the week where you can feel better and give yourself the rest that you need. So get a better night's rest with sleep CBD solutions from Next Evo Naturals. So you can get 25% off subscription orders of $50 or more using our promo code changes at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com promo code changes. Yes, it is so important to get a good night's rest. It is really important. And the thing that I like about it is that like we talk about just sort of like how to be stress-free and use coping skills and kind of like figure out ways to calm down yourself. But it's also like so handy to kind of like have this in the, in like in your pocket, just in case like all your coping skills are not working the way you want them to just to know that like you can like pop a gummy and you can feel a lot less stress. And like, I felt a lot less stress. I felt like I could get a better sleep. And that really helps me just like knowing that I, that that's an option is already stress relieving for me. So highly recommend, uh, changes is the promo code as in this changes everything. And this is going to change your stress and your sleep. So I love it. Vegan, non-GMO, THC free. Also, I know we're saying like CBD, but if people are like, what? And Sarah's talking about gummies. Don't worry. <laughs> THC free. hundred percent U.S. grown hemp. Yeah. All good stuff. You're good. You're good. Chill you out. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, what? Oh, being single. Yes. Uh, I, people often think that I'm like a serial dater or that I'm always in relationships, Mm -hmm. but I think I've just been in some long-term relationships Mm -hmm. and that happens to be on, it was on social media and I was uh, married when I was on the challenge Mm -hmm. and I had a boyfriend when I was on the real world. Uh, so people get the idea that I've always been in relationships, but I think I've spent a significant portion of my adult life, not in relationships. And I love being single. Was that when you're, when you're single and you're not in relationship, is it typically like a real deliberate choice of like, I need to just sort of like be by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's more of a decision to focus my time and energy on me rather than another person. Mm -hmm. And it may be a result of what happens to me in relationships, which we kind of talked about a few episodes ago, where I can kind of lose myself if Mm -hmm. I don't have that awareness. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I lose myself and prioritize somebody else's needs in a relationship, my, that self is, is, craving attention and, and and me giving it the kind of care and and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. love that it's so desperately needed before so yeah so i think it is intentional sometimes i can kind of overcorrect a little bit and get this like mm, i i don't know it, it's just because you're single does not mean you have to stop mingling. I, guess. <laughs> so, I get kind of this like, ah, I'm in it for a good time, not a long time. And, right. and that's it. 
And then I do that for a while, and then that starts to feel kind of empty and like, eh, I don't really want this. And then mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, kind of focus more on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's... And that's usually when somebody comes along. Uh, yeah, that's the thing, is that like... And I, I don't know, I guess it's a cliche, but it is something that I see is true sometimes. If you just focus on yourself and you're not looking mm-hmm. for anybody else, I think there's just something kind of like attractive about that. There's like this confidence about you. Like you don't need anybody. You're not feeling desperate. You're not like searching or really trying to make mm-hmm. it happen. So there's like you're sort of like standing on your own and that confidence is really sexy. So Yeah. You know, I think about that study of what people were most attracted mm-hmm. to after 40 years of marriage and it's when the, their partner is, you know, vibrant, doing their thing, mm-hmm. like in their element. Mm-hmm. And so if we want people to be attracted to us, we should probably just focus on us. But I think it's important to also mention, you know, kind of like you said a little bit ago, being in a relationship isn't for everyone. And sometimes being single is awesome. You know, I read an article in prep for this episode that talked about this term called single at heart. Mm. That this woman who's a psychologist in a coined. And, uh, she said that there are traits or, um, I don't know, certain characteristics of people who are single at heart. Like they love their solitude. Uh, they don't maybe want a partner at every plus one occasion. Mm. They, uh, pursue goals like reading books and eating right or getting lots of exercise. And then they like to pursue them alone and don't necessarily need to share that with a partner. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I think society makes us feel like we should be in a relationship and there is no one size fits all model over here. No, there isn't. And you know, when you describe that sort of like single at heart person, that's not me, but that was my uh, ex-wife and yeah. And it turns, and so me and my ex-wife have been, uh, uh, haven't, you know, we divorced like three years ago or so. And she, and one of the things that attracted me to her was just like, whoa, she's just like a single person that like has her shit under control. She doesn't need anybody. And so I was, and so I was like deliberately trying to find somebody that doesn't quote unquote need anybody. So like, she's not going to need to count on me at all. She is self-contained and that is fucking hot. And I'm going to go for that. Turns out she was so self-contained that, like, in the end, there was, like, certain things that we weren't able to, like, connect on. And that was, like, one of the reasons we decided to end the marriage. Now we're, like, just really good best friends and hang out all the time. And we have, like, a lovely relationship. But she is so relieved that she doesn't have to be a wife anymore. Because she doesn't have to consider me for what we eat for dinner or consider me about, like, where we're going to go on vacation or consider what music we're listening to in the car like she's just sort of and she reads so many fucking books it's ridiculous you are literally listing every single one of these other things that i didn't uh, really? mention on here yeah. uh if if you were in a romantic relationship and it ended their predominant emotional reaction would often be more relief rather than sadness or pain At, like ding 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 mm-hmm. Totally. Your ex-wife was a single at heart mm-hmm, person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now she's owning it. She hasn't been with anyone after she hasn't dated anyone after we broke up to my knowledge. <laughs> um, and, and she like could not be happier. Um, wow, yeah. yeah. So, so there are people like that and they're wonderful and they're amazing. But even she, even though she's kind of like very much okay and happy with this identity, 
she still gets messages from the world, from Hollywood, from her family, from everybody being like, what, but what's wrong with you? Like, why can't you, or why don't you want to be in relationship or, uh, you know, find somebody to like grow old with. And, and so it's, it's this real thing where like, you really start to doubt yourself about like whether or not it's okay to be single. You know what I mean? Why, why do you think it is that people have to, you know, ask all those questions that, that, that we go to the, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, when are, you, when are you getting married? When are you having baby? What is it? What is it? Well, it's the, so there's a term for it called the relationship escalator, right? What? Yeah. So the relationship escalator is like, okay, you, <laughs> you leave the house, what you go this? to college, you get a job. And then once you're kind of like settled in your job or whatever you're settled in, you then have to start dating so that you can like find somebody that you're going to move in with and that'll be like the first part of the relationship escalator you're going to get engaged and then you have to get married and then you're going to have the kids and then those kids are going to leave and then you're going to kind of like go on to the next part of your relationship where you're going to retire you're going to like move into a new place or you're going to like do all the traveling together and you hit all the milestones that you're quote-unquote supposed to and our families and movies and the world is sort of like expecting us to do this because this is what we think is like the right way to be or to live and if you deviate at any time then all of a sudden there's just sort of like this cultural um uh, like uh, hit that like it's just like your culture is telling you this isn't okay society is telling you this isn't okay your family is telling you it's not okay and you might just sort of like deviate a little bit where you're like instead of a monogamous relationship i want an open relationship or instead of having kids i don't want to have kids and when that happens that's like really jarring because that's not what's supposed to happen in your life yeah it almost forces you to have to often explain mm-hmm yourself and sometimes there are things that we don't really know the answer to why mm-hmm. it just is well because this is i don't know why are you in a relationship why are you why do you want that well because it feels good because yeah. this is how what works for me you could you can fall back i guess and some people like fall back on like evolutionary psychology sort of thing of like yeah. The man and the woman were meant to come together and make babies and procreate and it's in our dna and I don't know. There's, I'm not like super into evolutionary psychology. I know stuff about it. The problem, one of the problems I have with evolutionary psych is that it's often used to reinforce gender roles or like sexism Mm -hmm. or even racism. It just feels like, Mm -hmm. I know there's like plenty of wonderful things about evolutionary psychology that we can like learn from, but a lot of times, and maybe it's just because I'm on Twitter too often, like (laughs) people are just like, no, this is what a man and woman are supposed to be. And there's a whole big debate and it feels gross. Right. If we want to play the biology evolutionary game, then we can argue that, uh, when a population grows, that there would be uh, people within that population that maybe would have a different uh, biological urges so that not all of us are going out and procreating and making this population expand at an uncontrollable rate. (laughs) We would evolve, exactly. Yeah, so asexual people who are like, no, I'm fine. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's a real thing that... 
can absolutely happen. And mm-hmm. so, and you know, I'm yeah. sure it comes from like religious stuff of like what the totally. religions are expecting us to do. And and you know, when we watch movies, a lot of them are about relationships and these love stories and how like you're not complete until you find somebody you complete me sort of bullshit, right? Oh man, like we we grew the up the classic with that. Disney mm-hmm. like. Oh gosh, I'm thank you Disney for making some different storylines. <laughs> yes. Because I grew up with one storyline. What was your was favorite like, Disney movie when you were just a little kid? Do you remember is there one that you like would little, watch little? over and over again? <sighs> I mean The Little Mermaid, <sighs> which hello. Yes. That's so problematic. So problematic. Oh, but just give up your voice <laughs> for a man. Ugh. Very Please, I'd have no career. <laughs> very catchy songs though. Super good. Oh, my gosh. And, like, I play the ukulele, and they are some of my favorites to jam out to. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Little Under Mermaid. The sea is wonderful. Yeah. Aladdin. I loved Aladdin when I was – I wanted to be Aladdin when I was a kid. Yeah. That was, like, a little more escaping the uh, – uh, your your destiny, your your what was, like, yeah. predetermined for you. That's true. Yeah. Like, yeah. Same with Little Mermaid, I guess. But then. Yeah. I mean, I guess a lot of the stories are like that, but um, – you liked Aladdin. He did. He wanted to go against the expectations right. of his family mm-hmm. to like do his own thing and being his own, be his own person. And, okay, mm-hmm. that sense. all makes sense. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so yes. So there's <laughs> the Disney movies that we grew up with, and Hollywood, and all the romantic comedies that we watch. It like really values being in a relationship. And there's also like when you're in a relationship, you do learn a lot about yourself. Relationships can be incredibly healing. Relationships act as like this mirror of like you want to know what your intimacy issues are. Here they fucking are. Like you are just like yep. confronted with them in a very direct way. So there's a lot of opportunity to like heal in the moment in relationships. Love relationships, but. You can heal in different ways when you're single, where it doesn't feel maybe like as urgent. You can be more thoughtful about it. You can like spend a lot more time like thinking about your past and how it's affected you. And then thinking about like what you want your next relationship to be like, whether it's like creating a fucking vision board or journaling or making all the green and red flag pros and cons, whatever it is. Like you can like really slow down and slowly move into finding a relationship if that's something that you want to do. Or you can just concentrate on your creative projects, reading books, new hobbies and interests. There's all that stuff. So there's, but there is sort of like the, sometimes we're single in order to like avoid intimacy. Right. Right. There's like every, if we have, one of the most helpful things I remember is every behavior serves a function. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes our behavior of being maybe too picky or, um, uh, maybe putting up a, a, a wall or being more buddy, buddy with somebody and not opening up to relationships can kind of serve to protect you Mm -hmm. in a way, uh, like maybe down the line getting hurt in relationships. Oh, if I, if I never have to be in a relationship, then I never have to be hurt in a relationship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's perfect. Um, <laughs> so that's something to just like check in with yourself about. Are you avoiding relationships because there's some fear and anxiety and some intimacy issues that you don't want to confront? And do you want to, like in the long run, do you want to be in relationship? So like, do you want to have companionship if you do and you've been single for a while, whatever a while means to you? 
are you avoiding it because you're scared of being vulnerable? You're scared of being hurt. You're scared of what could happen. But if you're single and you're having a good time and you're feeling inspired to like explore all these different sides of you, then we love that for you. For me, it's, I have to like deprogram myself when I'm single so that I'm not always scanning for relationships. And I don't know if you do this, Sarah, but like a lot of times when I'm single, I'm like, I'm going to be single. I'm going to do my thing on my own. If I go into like a coffee shop or if I go to a show, I can go in there and I can just like enjoy the show. But there's always a part of me that's just like, who am I going to meet? Like, is my next Mm -hmm. person at this venue? Like, are they ordering the same coffee? Are we pulling for the same book at the bookstore? Is it going to be like some meat cute? You're looking for that meat cute. Exactly. (laughs) So that's something to be aware of. What do you think that does to your experience or what has that done to your experience in the moment? It makes it so that I don't enjoy the fucking show I'm at or that I'm not enjoying my tasty latte. Like, it, it takes me out of the moment and it and it also focuses me on like what i'm missing so i feel like i'm missing a relationship i'm focused on the lack yeah. of having a relationship and that makes me sad or frustrated or angry or depressed or filled with despair or helpless like it like makes me go into all the negative emotions and i would imagine if you you know cuz i love the CBT triangle of how our thoughts, feelings, and actions are all connected. Mm -hmm. So if you have those thoughts, it creates those feelings of everything you just listed. I'm sure how you are acting and behaving, even if it, you're not aware sitting in that chair, you know, wanting and hoping a meet cute happens. Mm -hmm. That's a different energy. That's a different vibe Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you're putting out. Yeah. It's not, it's not attractive. Probably it feels not like, Oh, I'm just like enjoying the, the sunshine, or you live in Portland, so the rain, whatever you have. Like, so. Enjoy the clouds. Uh, and, you know, drinking my, uh, that was a Portland dig. Sorry, Portland people. I'm just from Colorado. It's very sunny. We love here. the rain. It's refreshing. <laughs> Everything is so lush over here. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. It is green. Your plants are healthy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you like it's a different energy, a different vibe that you're putting out when you are like, you know, I'm going to focus on how much I enjoy this latte mm-hmm. and what it tastes like. And like, I don't know, the smell of the bookstore you're in as mm-hmm. you're drinking it. And then you enjoy that and you have that like happy feeling and those content feelings. And then the energy and the way you're sitting in that chair looks different. And you know, some like little librarian girl is like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, look at him. Like looking all cute and loving his latte. I, Oh, he got a little foam on his mustache. Oh, I wish I could just go, maybe I'll go over and hand him a, a napkin to wipe it off. Me cute. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. I, I have a bad habit of writing fantasy fiction for people when they don't ask for it. So <laughs> this is a, a little example of, of that right there. I like that one. But, but, but it's funny because like you want to be single just to be single and enjoy singlehood and not try to like create meat cutes. But that's what attracts meat cutes. So it's like this really like, you know, uh, what do they call that? A catch 22? Is this a catch 22? Yeah. It's something like that. Pickle, catch Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yes, the point is like try to 
be thoughtful and mindful about like whether or not that's happening. And if you catch yourself doing that, be compassionate, be like, oh, it makes sense. I'm like programmed to be looking for somebody. I think that like my life would be more enjoyable when really it can be just as enjoyable or even more enjoyable if you're doing your own thing. So are you scanning for opportunities to meet somebody? If you are, stop it and enjoy the book that you're reading or the show that you're at. I like to tell, you know, clients that I have who are, you know, maybe experiencing a breakup or experiencing that feeling of loneliness to recognize maybe what thoughts they're having, what they're saying to themselves. A lot of times we, we say, oh, I'm alone. I hate being alone. Mm -hmm. And I say, let's translate that to instead of saying, oh, I'm alone, to being with yourself. Mm, mm-hmm. You wouldn't say it in the same way, oh, I'm with myself. Oh. <laughs> uh. No, if you're saying it like that, then we got to work on it. Then that's our first problem. Let's start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's a different kind of way to look at that. It is a different way. And you way. feel comfortable being with yourself. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. It's funny. I know there's like, I don't know if, you know any of these therapists or maybe it's just a portland thing because we're all did you know that portland portland and seattle are tied for like the saddest cities in the country yeah because it's the rain (laughs) you have to didn't want to say it but you brought it up so it's the rain the cloud cover you have to kind of experience (gasps) it as like a comfy blanket sort of like being pulled over you and like now from starting from now today it's very cloudy now until July 4th, typically, it's just clouds all the time. And we all turn very pale, and I'm here for it. This is why I moved here. But there's, like, specific therapists in Portland that focus on being single, being alone. Like, being alone doesn't equal lonely, like you're saying. And how do you experience being with yourself? So you have a great sense of humor. You're really funny. You make interesting observations. You don't need to be with somebody to do that. You don't have to have some mirror. You don't have to have an audience, right? Oh, don't I know it. I'm my best audience (laughs) and I laugh at my own jokes and I say them out loud. So yeah, you're already set up to like be successful single because you can just like go out for dinner or lunch or go out for a walk on your own and be with yourself, like observe yourself, make comments to yourself, like read a book, do whatever you need to do, like enjoy the company of yourself, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Take yourself out on a date, Mm -hmm. you know? I had a a therapist once who, you know, I tend to care for others and, and, uh, do really nice, kind acts towards others, extend myself maybe, mm-hmm. but I won't do the same for me. Mm. You know, I'll make a, din- a nice dinner for somebody else, but I'm just like throwing pasta in a pot for me. Mm-hmm. Like, And she's like, no, you got to do the same for you. You are worthy of that. You are, if you need to imagine that you are uh, on a date with yourself or you have a carbon copy of you that's just like right next to you mm-hmm. and how would you treat that friend? Mm. And so she would say, I. You know, if you're going to make yourself tea, get yourself the nice tea cup. 
get yourself the saucer. Hmm. Just like take the 30 seconds. If you have that in your time and you have it in your mm-hmm. day and you have the privilege of time like that, uh, you know, take that little bit of time mm-hmm. and just treat yourself like, you know, I, I'm like the kind of person who like saves the candles and won't light them or I'm going to save the bath bomb. No, no, I'll use it on a quote unquote special occasion. <laughs> when is this special occasion that never, ever comes ever? Right. So just do it. Like life's too short to save the candle in the bath bomb. <laughs> I have there's so many things have like gone bad or spoiled because I've been saving them for a nice fucking occasion. See, yeah. I think people who like care for others, I think they often do this. Oh, I'll save it for somebody else. Mm. Oh, I'll save like I have like a box of like gifts that I want to give to people, and I'll like put stuff that I find that mm-hmm. like I should have bought that for me, and now it's like bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yes, yes. So yeah. Spend a little more time dating yourself, being with yourself, doing things to appreciate your own company. Yeah. I, it's, it, I feel like it's cliche to go date, your, date yourself, but it's cliche for a reason because it, it works and it's important, you know? Um, and this is where you get to really explore all the different sides of you. You don't have to, like, think about how you're affecting somebody else. So you can take risks and take chances and, like, develop new things and new hobbies, which leads us to the next point, like, Go find meaning, purpose, and worth outside of romantic relationships. Because a lot of us, like, especially if you're in a romantic relationship for a while and then it ends, you're like, whoa, like, that was my whole everything and I had no fucking idea. Because I was texting them all the time or planning things all the time or talking about our hopes and dreams all the time. We were having sex all the time. We were, like, you know, uh, integrated in all these, like, very intimate ways. And now all of a sudden it's gone and your meaning and purpose Go, feels like it goes away with that relationship. And so now when you're single, you get to like recreate that meaning and purpose in all of the other things that you can do outside of a romantic relationship. Yeah, You know, when we were in elementary school, I used to love when the teachers would give us the who am I worksheets oh yeah. that would be like, my favorite color is blank. On the weekends, I like to blank. My favorite food is, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody knows these. Then we grow up and stop doing all of that Mm. self-exploration. I mean, I discovered that I liked mushrooms and thought I didn't because I was married to somebody who didn't like mushrooms. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a second. I love mushrooms. Mm -hmm. So even just taking the time to explore and like ask yourself, and it's very different to actually write it down Mm. and write things these things out than it is to just think it there's some i don't know what it is i just tell my clients it's therapy magic i go i don't know therapy magic i have no idea in a few years they'll probably discover some part of the brain that like (laughs) like, maybe they already have and i just don't know about Mm -hmm. it but when you write things down and you get it out and you and that wise self can see that true information on the page it becomes real in a different way and it helps us mm-hmm. I don't know, grow and know ourselves more. Oh, it is so therapy magic to write shit down, <laughs> especially physically actually taking like a pen yes. or pencil and writing in a notebook. Um, just the act of doing that. Go ahead and type it in your notes app. That's fine. But if you can like really physically do the action, there's something that happens. There's like a shift that happens. And, it, and there's also like... I'm I'm remembering all those who am I projects and then how they kind of like stopped in high school and when and when they stopped that's when I turned into like well my value is based on 
who I'm dating. And so oh. I am of value. I have worth based on who I'm dating because when I went into high school, it's just like who's dating who, um, who's the it couple, who's hooking up with who, like who's sexy, you know, and like you determine all those things by like dating and getting out there and doing all the stuff. And so that just sort of like took over and it's still very much inside of me. So I have to like deliberately fight against that. I am of value because of all the other things that I do or just because I'm like a human being. Right. And I'm of value. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Yeah. And I encourage everyone to just Google like who I am worksheets or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. This is uh, this could be a really fun thing to do if you are single or in a relationship or with family or with friends. Mm -hmm. Just share. Mm -hmm. This stuff was fun. We're a little all the things that naps, snack time, <laughs> recess, all those things. We should be doing all of It's that. funny. I mean, I can like, I can really think back and, you know, in elementary school around, yeah, elementary school and earlier where I was just like, I wasn't concentrating on being in a relationship or dating anybody. I was concentrating on like having fun and just doing cool stuff. And there's like, you can recapture that if you like deliberately think about getting back into that energy. So it's kind of before we hopped on that escalator. Right. Yeah. Before we got on the relationship escalator, we're just like hanging out at the mall not like going up to any of the levels, just sort of like playing at the food court. Um, So like really like spend some time there again and feel good about it. However, if you do like, there is a very like normal, good chance that like you could feel lonely when you're alone. And that's, that feeling is going to come up and and go back and listen to our, like how to feel your feelings episode, because it's really important that when you do feel feelings of loneliness, you are present with them. And the trick is if you're going to like feel your feeling in a really healthy way, at least I think you want to feel the feeling without intensifying it or suppressing it. I love this. Yeah. I love that, like, you can't create another thought and throw more fuel Mm -hmm, on the fire mm -hmm. to just rev it up. Mm -hmm. And you also can't just ignore it Mm -hmm. and pretend like it's not there. Exactly. If you do, like, keep on throwing thoughts on it, you feel lonely, you feel sad about it, and then you're going to start thinking about all the other times that you're feeling lonely. Will it ever work out for me? Why hasn't it? Like, what is wrong with me? What happened in all my past relationships? You just, like, go down this, and you really intensify that feeling of being lonely. But if you suppress it, and you're just like, well, I'm not going to think about this, then you bottle it up, and it'll manifest in some other way. You're, where you're going to be, like, 100%. really edgy, really kind of, like, frustrated, passive-aggressive. Maybe it'll, like, manifest physically where you have, like, a tummy ache or, like, sore back or whatever. Like, it's going to come out somehow. Or you, like, cry at every single commercial <laughs> you see and everything makes you sad and you're, like, really not letting yourself right. feel those real feelings. You know, I heard once that – I think this was in some – I think it was in a, a psychology of emotions class mm. where the – actual length of an emotion or a feeling is generally about 90 seconds Mm -hmm. that we that the single feeling we usually 
throw more fuel on the fire. We usually intensify it by creating another thought or adding more feelings. So you can kind of think about that same, if you imagine a triangle of thoughts mm-hmm. and feelings mm-hmm. and behaviors, and we just kind of keep going around and intensifying those feelings and worsen the thoughts. Uh, but if you really just recognize, like, oh, I feel lonely. What does it feel like in my body right now? Mm-hmm. What is lonely f- what am I experiencing mm-hmm. through my senses? Mm-hmm. And just kind of sit with that. Sometimes I even like to put a hand on my heart mm-hmm. or a hand on my stomach and kind of feel my breath. It kind of connects me and grounds me, makes me feel like a person. And for me, and what I've noticed in a lot of clients, is when the feeling passes or when we have a chance to kind of lean into it, our body recognizes it, and I always hear people go, <sighs> mm-hmm. there'll be this wonderful sigh afterwards mm-hmm. that can sometimes accompany the the um, leaning into those feelings because it's almost like an acceptance and <sighs> mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. What There's, I, I noticed that too and experienced that with my clients. And a lot of times when you, when you put your hand on your heart, you're like giving yourself compassion. You're allowing yourself to feel it and you can like experience it moving through your body or your psyche or whatever it is. And then when it kind of like is processed, acknowledged, whether you talk about it or write about it or sit with it, whatever way that you want to feel the feeling, when it like leaves your body, there's like a feeling of like relief. And it, and it also just sort of like, it informs you just kind of like totally how you're thinking, what you're feeling. Sometimes, um, if I'm alone and if I'm single, like, you know, I'm, I'm alone and single now. And there'll be like times where I just feel like a little bummed that I don't have like an intimate partner that I can like, like, I don't have a playmate that's just like always there with me. Um, so I'm going to just feel sort of lonely and I'm going to like, if I can't like get that feeling to like move through my body, I'm just going to kind of be like, how is it going to affect me for the rest of the day? I might be a little bit more reserved. I might be a little bit more quiet. There might be a little bit more sadness, some like teary stuff that comes up when I'm like watching TV or whatever it is. It might make me like a different type of therapist where I'm just Mm. sort of like a little more in the moment or like connecting with their sadness. It's going to make me a different type of friend or somebody to hang out with a different podcaster. I don't know. Like it's going to affect me. I'm going to, and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to observe it. I'm not going to freak out about it. And I'm just going to kind of like be with it more likely than not. It's probably not going to be there tomorrow morning, but I'm just going to kind of like hang out with it and that's okay. So yeah. 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 I like to use the trick of, okay, since, you know, that taking care of me is hard, I think, imagine if I had a friend who was lonely right here, what would I do mm. for her? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, maybe I would probably not overskid, like, mm-hmm. say, you need to go do this and this, a reminder of, like, mm-hmm. things she didn't do or make her feel worse, or I'd probably, like, yeah, just watch some TV and hang out and... You know, what do you need? You want the tea and the nice saucer with the nice cup and the pretty spoon? Okay, let's do it. And yeah. I love how you treat yourself when you're feeling down uh, or when you're bummed. I have to talk to myself. Like, mm-hmm. I really do say it almost out loud. Mm. And where it's like, I, I recognized the way that I talk to my plants. <laughs> And then I had a realization, I think this was probably during the pandemic, that 
I did not talk to myself that way. Wow. I was not as nice to myself as I was to my plants. Wow. And I was like, you should probably treat yourself the way you treat your plants. Mm -hmm. So I like talk to myself really nicely and be, I'm like, you could do it. Look how good you do it. Cause that's this exact voice I use for my plants. <laughs> and I give myself water every day and mm -hmm. I give myself the nutrients I need. Mm -hmm. And I just think of myself as a little plant and you know, I love to yeah. hear it. Yeah. Sarah, that's my trick. you're wonderful. It's hard. Yeah, oh. it is hard. And, um, so sometimes it's hard to be alone and cause you feel lonely and you feel sad about it, but we've also listed so many wonderful things about being alone and being single, all the, all the benefits of it where you can sort of like really deliberately just do your own thing, find worth and value and all the other stuff that you do outside of relationships. You can like make sure that you do things where you're not scanning for other people to like find who your next person is going to be, which like side note, that's going to probably attract a really cool person because you're going to be in your element where you're just vibing and doing your own thing. And that's really hot. Um, so yeah, this is, we want to like encourage folks to deliberately be single, to not feel desperate and just sort of like let life unfold in the way that it needs to unfold, which means you're going to be single every now and then. Yeah. And accepting it and kind of focusing on how to be chill and happy. Mm -hmm. Being a single person will probably change everything. <laughs> there you go. This changes everything. You're welcome. All right, folks, we will see you next time. It's been a real treat. A pleasure as always. Can't wait uh, to the next episode of This Changes Everything. Bye, Bye friends. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.